Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Welcome back, Rush Nation, to the Daily Fantasy Sport Show, covering, of course, the fan team season long. Mark, we're not live this week. We are pre-recording, so... The importance of this is any questions that you might fire in, usually as we are working through the pod. Unfortunately, we won't be answering them this week. I do have a social life, so I will be going to the Wigan Athletic Sheffield Wednesday game later. Mark, unfortunately, isn't as sociable as me, so would have been (laughs) recording, um, but has agreed to do a pre-recorded pod with me. So... um, we are, of course, back to talk about the fan team season long. Your host, Nick, as always, joined by my other host, Mr. Mark Ferguson. How are things after week three, Mark? Oh, I'd love to say they're good, but I think we both took a little bit of a beating this week, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Both dropped down the standings. Um, our colleague, Rich, Dynasty Island, he's doing really well. Oh, flying. I think yeah. we really need to get Rich on soon because yeah. I mean, it could become the Rich show. It could it could be the takeover yeah. because at one point over the weekend, Rich was leading the whole contest. Mm. Yeah, we don't want people to find out how good he is, though, because they'll not stop listening no. to us. So. No, of course not. We, we, we like to think that we're the experts. And as soon as we actually get the expert on, that could be it for us. It, it could just be <laughs> Rich's, Rich's show going forward. Um, but no, like you said, Mike, we both took a little bit of a beating. Um, one of which will cause a bit of a knee-jerk reaction this week for me. Um, and I know that <laughs> you are not, but um, it is wildcard week for me. So, Ooh. yeah, the horse Early has doors. bolted. Yeah, yes, the indeed. horse has bolted. So it's wildcard week. We've got, obviously, coverage of that as we work through today. And we'll be looking at whatever changes you want to make to your team as well, Mark. And I know that you've got a couple in the books as well. I'm reviewing, obviously, what's happened over the weekend. Before we do move on to the team reviews, Mark, as always, just wanted to highlight to our listeners that support for 
The Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for those all-important family jewels. And they've recently launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. Many great features with this tool, not least the fact it's designed for the specific purpose of protecting that all-important male area. So do yourselves a favour, join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer that we've got for you, you will get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 5YARD, and that is at manscaped.com. So get yourself over to manscaped.com, code 5YARD, and you will receive 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Do not miss out on this offer. Fantastic tool indeed. Mark, we'll move on to the week three review. I keep losing count on what week we're actually on, but week three, the weeks three. are flying by. Um, lost count at three. Lost count at three. Um, mm. I, to be honest, I've done well to get this far. <laughs> You work in finance. You should lose yeah. count of three. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can see, there is a lot of upset with this team this week. And this is what has forced my hand a little bit with the wild card. Just a lot of things I'm not happy about, Mark, with it, if I'm being honest. Um, my better performances this weekend have come again in either showdown games or... Um, with the, uh, I didn't do too well in the red zone and the fumble games on Sunday, but this team is now my second best performing team. Um, but I'm, I'm fluffing it up a little bit there. They, I've, I've dropped in the rankings down to 505 with this team, whereas I entered last week at 200, 200 something. Can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but not happy with. Any of the receivers, really. Lamb, I expected a big game from against Philadelphia, um, especially if Cooper was potentially out, but he wasn't. He was back. But none of the receivers there in Dallas really did all that well against Philadelphia, except the tight end, who we will come to, Dalton Schultz. But the receivers were a little bit indifferent in the performance. Stefan Diggs... I've been quite, he's been steady scoring, Mark, but I've been quite disappointed with him, if I'm being honest, all season that I've I've owned him so far over the three weeks. He is 12.2 is his worst performance in fairness. Prior to that, he put up a 15.9 and a 16, but I think because of his price tag, I expected more. And because of what we saw last season, I expected a bit more from him as well. Um, I mean, you look at the scoreline over the weekend against Washington, and if you'd have looked at that scoreline in isolation, you'd have assumed that Stefan Diggs would have had a big day. 12.2 is just not enough for me. No, it's um, Beasley and um, Emmanuel Sanders got all the points, didn't they, at the weekend? Mm. The um, And even Dawson Knox, one of our favourites going back to last year, Dawson yeah. Knox got a touchdown as well. The... You were pretty unlucky, though, because that Washington defence is awful, especially the pass game. Mm. It's actually it's a real pass-funnel defence, and it's probably enough a defence we want to target going forwards until they change. I think they're something like the fifth best against the run and 31st against the pass at the moment. So, yeah, um, And I'll come on to that later, actually, when talking about my team, because um, I was expecting, like a lot of people, the, the Washington defence to be a strength. And it's definitely a weakness at the moment. So you're really unlucky with that, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Because, you know, he's a top, top receiver. But the problem for him is there's been so many other good receivers around him for his around his price range doing so well. Mm. Yeah. He just doesn't look like value anymore. Yeah. And, and below, for that matter, you can actually mm. save yourself money and drop a million and a half, two million below. And you're getting mega production out of receivers like Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett thus far as well. Mike Williams, Thielen, players like that. So, and even some of the the higher price receivers, the likes of Devontae Adams at nineteen point five, he's up there in the scoring. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson crept up there this week as well. Tyreek Hill's still up there. So, I've been really disappointed so far with Diggs. Rondale Moore was 
Rondale Moore was a speculative pick anyway. I, he was in there for the upside. We said this last week, Mark, um, off the back of that big week that he had. He, he was coming in this week just purely off the fact that he did have upside. He was a little bit cheaper. He falls into that bracket of 12 million or less. Um, but yeah, did not like it. Again, it, Arizona's offense seems variable in a sense that one week to the next, you could be getting points from Hopkins. You could be getting points from Christian Kirk, AJ Green. It could come from Rondale Moore one week. One week, it could come from the committee backfield of James Connor, Chase Edmonds. You might get a week where Kyler Murray goes off for 45 and he's run two of the touchdowns in himself. So it, it's a difficult offense to read, I think, Arizona. One thing I would say is I've, I've not actually been that impressed with them. After this week, the first week, I was very impressed. The second week and last week, not as much, actually. I think, well, up to a point in that Jacksonville game, they really looked like they were struggling. It looked a bit like it looked a bit like the Arizona that I saw last year, last season. Obviously, I see quite a bit of Arizona because of the NFC West, but it looked to me like they can look really convincing and really good in some games and then in others, not so much. And that that's what they look like to me this week. I know in the end, they, they, they did run away with the game. Um, the, the one that, the, the play that changed it for me was the, the defensive touchdown that they ran in. So, yeah, as I, I'm moving off Rondale Moore this week, um, hence the, the crying face there. I haven't put a crying face on Kyler Murray because 18.54 still isn't it's not an awful week from a quarterback it's not what you want given the the actual price tag but it's not awful the running backs is a sad story Christian McCaffrey hobbling off with a hamstring injury we don't like to see that it does open the door though for next man up so we'll we'll come to that a little bit later on Tyson Williams dropped off a cliff which was always the um it was always the danger. He still got some touches. He was just a little bit ineffective with the touches that he did have. Um, DeAndre Swift, I was pleasantly surprised with. Um, tough defense there in Baltimore. But Detroit don't look bad. They don't look bad at all, other than the heroics of Justin Tucker with a 66-yarder bouncing off the uh, the, the bottom of the, the, the crossbar, the sticks. It, it's, it's a win for Detroit. So very unfortunate there. But... One thing that I did like what I saw is that Swift continues to be involved out of the backfield. He's obviously heavily involved in the running game there. There is the threat of Jamal Williams is there, but for me, it doesn't really hamper Swift too much. Um, He's still getting his receptions. He's still getting his, his rushes out of the backfield. So no concern there. And I think actually if you're going to pay around 16, 17 million still for a running back, I think he's one of the ones that offers the best value at that price range. Minnesota's defense, I've put a crying face there, but I can't be too disappointed really with the price tag. There's going to be weeks where that's up and down. But something that I am actually going to change on my wildcard mark, I know we've said about defenses not investing too much, and I'm not, uh, but I am stepping it up slightly, and I'm, I'm going to go with one of the 10 million defenses on my wildcard. Wow. The um, yeah, Minnesota scored twenty-two points, I think, the week before, didn't they? So mm. it's, it's all just shows the variability of it. We mentioned the Jacksonville defense last week on the pod, and then obviously when we mentioned it, we knew they were going to score a hundred nine-yard touchdown. Oh, so you know, these um, it's so it's so random defense. Um, the Tyson Williams thing is interesting because he even last week we were like, it's a risk, it's a gamble because we talked through that. And he just vanished, and his, his snap count was really small comparison with Latavius Murray's, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, De- sorry, Swift. DeAndre Swift, I've, he's just looking like he's a top fantasy option now, isn't he? Yeah. Even with Jamal Williams in there. It's, it's, it's got a little bit of the Aaron Jones about it in the fact that people are often reluctant to take Aaron Jones because he never has the same snap counts of a Derek Henry or McCaffrey or Kamara but he still manages to produce the same number of points because he gets opportunities when he's in there and when he does, he usually produces. And DeAndre Swift has that feel about him, I think, doesn't he, at the moment? I think what I'm liking about Swift as well is, well, a couple of things. 
his ownership is still really low. He was 1% mm. following the weekend, which is, if he has good weeks, it's a great variable. Um, 16 mil is on the cheaper side of some of the top starting running backs that you can get. Um, but what I like about it, he's very efficient with the work that he gets. So in week two and week three, Swift's actually been carrying a bit of a knock if you've been reading all the reports leading up to the games. So week two, he had 36 snaps. Week three, he logged 35. He's he's being very efficient with the workload he's being given, and it's nowhere near a running back one workload at this stage. I think ha- as his health improves, and hopefully it does continue to improve, he'll see a higher percentage of the snap count and we'll see more work from him, more involvement, both from the backfield and out of the backfield. So I really like that 16 million Swift. He's going absolutely nowhere in my wildcard team, staying put. Yeah, I do. I I really do like him. The McCaffrey thing's interesting because he's 56% owned there and I suspect most people are going to transfer him out this week for Derek Henry. I suspect so. He's already twenty odd percent owned, so I think we're going to end up with a very highly owned Derek Henry. So, if you need to catch up with people, I do wonder whether or not you should go a different route and stuff than that. Mm. And Swift could be part of that, so that's interesting. Yeah, and that is week three for me, Mark. Okay, if I get, I'll, I shall try and use the tech again. Um, here we go. I haven't got any flashy emojis on mine like yours. Just amateur hour. Amateur hour. There you go. Um, so what I really need to talk about here is we, you've already mentioned about McCaffrey. We've got some players the same, etc. But last week I transferred in Waller, Osborne and Moore. And I took out Conklin, Kamara and Watkins. Waller, Osborne and Moore scored a grand total of 17.4 points. Conklin himself scored 20-odd points. Kamara got around 19, I think it was. So it doesn't really matter what Watkins did. Basically, they might be some of the worst transfers in the history of this game. Um, I basically halved the amount of points my players were going to get. Uh, so there you go. That explains why I've dropped down to 237th this week. <laughs> well, you just you just knew it was going to happen this week, Mark. The week I mm-hmm. took Marcus Callaway out for Rondale Moore, mm-hmm. Marcus Callaway goes and bags himself a 14.1 score. What have we been saying since the very start of this contest? Patience. <laughs> and neither of us patience, showed it. Patience, patience, patience. So neither of us showed happened. it last week. Yeah, we neither of us showed it last week, and you're going to wild card this week. So there you go. Do as we say, not as we do. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, in terms of um, in terms of the rest of the team, so Os. Basically, Osborne was a sort of non-factor in the game plan. It all went to Conklin. Rondell Moore was it was Christian Kirk week. Basically, it's it, the, the three weeks have gone. You know, um, Christian Kirk week, Rondell Moore week, Christian Kirk week. So hopefully, week four he'll be good. Um, it was his snap count though really dropped off this week, didn't it, Moore's? Um, now I'm presuming that's game plan related. So and if. So maybe he's not the bargain that we thought he was, especially as there's other options opened up and specifically a running back for a similar price as well, I think. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I'm doing transfers this week, but he's he's not going this week. I'm I'm going to, you know, they're playing, um, who are they playing? It's the Rams. It's a tough game. Yeah, they've got the Rams. So I might even keep them after that because that's going to be a tough game for them anyway. Um, but we'll see. Ridley, he's one which is, he's definitely one potentially who could be going in the next couple of weeks because Atlanta offense just hasn't looked good. It really hasn't, especially not the risk for the receivers. I think only, I think probably only Coradell Patterson is probably the only player worth his, worth his value at the moment for Atlanta. Uh, I'm now kind of, there's a part of me who thinks that they can't carry on this badly, but you know, they could. They could, who knows? I just part of you know, my gut instinct says it won't be that bad, but you know, it's a new offense this year and stuff. So maybe this is as good as it gets for them at the moment and stuff. Um, so we'll see. He's not he's not coming out this week just because of lack of transfers. And also they're playing Washington this week, I've already spoken about as a team we should target in the past game. But um yeah, for week five, he's definitely gonna be in consideration. Cooper Cup's a superstar, he's not going anywhere. Um, I played a lot of Robert Woods in my other DFS contests, hoping to get some leverage off of 
cup, but that was pointless. And he just keeps producing, doesn't he? Um, I don't need to tell you. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a bargain. I really wish I'd have started with Cooper Cup. I don't the, I don't know why. Well, I do know exactly why I didn't, because I think we were both expecting new quarterback to come in, the ball to probably be spread about a little bit until he finds his favourite target. Robert Woods is the chain mover. You know, we, we were expecting a little bit more from Higby after a, a quiet season last year, but he finished the season before really strongly. Van Jefferson involvement, Deshaun Jackson coming in. So I, that was the only thing putting me off. Um, but I don't I don't know why Cooper Cup wasn't in my team since the start at that price range, 16 million. We said from the start, Mark, that he's got the potential to be a top 12, top 15 receiver this season. Scratch that. He's got the potential to be a top five scoring receiver this season with the way he's going. Um, and he's everything that we've said since the start. He's a yeah. PPR machine. He's a red zone target. Just, just If you're going to go and do one thing this week, go and try and fit Cooper Cup into your team. Yeah, and who are they playing? I've just spoken about it, haven't I? They're playing, they're playing Arizona, who are pretty friendly defense as well so i think i think higby did well as well this week didn't he yeah he did you only you only have to look at the run you know cardinals like you said seahawks on the road giants detroit lions houston texans tennessee titans this it's such a good run of games that he's got Mm. go and grab yourself some cooper cup maybe go and grab yourself some tyler higby as well tyler higby looked quite impressive yeah that's what we were expecting at the beginning of the season. And, you know, you talked about the patience thing. You know, the first week, first couple of weeks, we're saying to ourselves, this isn't necessarily how the season's going to go. This is how the season's going to go. But then when we made some of our stands in week three, I definitely felt like, you know, we got enough data to make some stands, but we clearly hadn't. Mm. Because this week was quite a shock, shocking week in many ways, respects. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, I think, um, I think, as long as Stafford stays healthy and Cup stays healthy, you know, I can't see why this run would particularly, you know, end. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's clear as number one. Anybody who picked out the this this was the Deshaun Jackson breakout week, then well done on that. Um, classic best ball play. And I think I've got him in the FFCC, so that's helped me. The, um, but I wouldn't be bringing him into my season-long team at the moment, no matter how good the Rams are looking. So... <laughs> Yeah, so that's I mean that's that's kind of me for the week, I think. Um there you go. In terms of changes for the week coming up, Mark, because I, I yeah. feel like I've got a slightly bigger yeah, segment so quickly, on, quickly do on this. Yeah. Um because mine is wholesale changes, but I know that yeah. you are choosing not to use your wildcard no. this week. I know that you had considered it, Mark, because we, we've mm. discussed it. So what is it that's made you not want to use the wildcard this week? So we've we've discussed various types of construction, haven't we, as well? Mm. Mainly based around um, pricing of quarterbacks and stuff, whether you play a Tyler Heineke or a more of the expensive quarterback. And to be honest with you, I looked at them all and it was there was... There was plus sides for both. I couldn't really, I didn't look at any particular type of line and think this looked better than any other type. So to be honest with you, partly that and also partly because of the fixtures coming up this week, I'm not changing. Like Ridley, I do want to get rid of Ridley because I just don't think, and, until he proves anything different, but they're playing Washington. So I've got to keep them in. I don't want to necessarily, I want to give um, Rondo Moore and um, JT Osborne another chance as well. So there's no point. I'm happy with the rest of my team. But what I am changing is my running backs because McCaffrey's injured and Joe Mixon's receptions have kind of dropped down a little bit the last couple of weeks as well. So he's fantastic the first week. He looked like great value. He's going to be the Joe Mixon we've been wanting for years. And that happened in week one, but hasn't really happened. And conversely, Eckler, who was in my very first, my very first lineup for my first team, his reception game after a really poor first week with only one reception, he's been just big part of their passing game. Mm. So the only thing I'm going to keep an eye on with Eckler, though, is I just I saw something about Herbert might hurt his hand or something or got injured towards the end of the game. So it's very dependent on him. If um, 
try and remember who I want to, who wants to put in if I don't do Eckler. It might be Swift, actually. I think if Eckler doesn't come in, I'll probably use Swift. Oh, no, Aaron Jones. Sorry, Aaron Jones I'll put in. Sorry, not, not Swift. I'd put Aaron Jones in, but I'm going to stay with Eckler at the moment because he's like, he's on a good week, he's a PPR machine. Yeah. And um, Derek Henry is an obvious choice at the moment. I'm, I kind of almost talking myself out of it as recording this pod because thinking, you know, as I've mentioned, McCaffrey's ownership, I imagine, is all pretty much going to go to Derek Henry, I would have thought, because he's so far ahead of everybody else points-wise. So I might talk myself out of that before we... But this is where it stands right now. Henry and Eckler are coming in. Um, yeah. yeah. And the rest of it I'm going to run with. Next week, we'll look at... I'll look at Ridley to see to see if I think... If there's any signs of life in that Atlanta offence. Yeah. If there's not, he's going to come out. And we've got loads of options for wide receivers, haven't we? Oh, so, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's yep. crazy. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's my team, really. Nice. Yeah. I love love the little yellow box around the uh, the running backs as well, Mark. They're stepping up your game this week. You, you did that, I think, the other week. And I, and I worked out how you did it. So, there you go. But, yeah, um, so not much for me to change on that. I've got my other teams need a little bit more work, I think. Um, yeah, for the pod team, that's all I'm doing. Yeah. Nice. And I can't really can't really complain or disagree with either of those moves because a couple of the players that you've mentioned the Austin Eckler, Derek Emery, very much in my thoughts on this wildcard. Um, so without further ado... I'm looking forward to this. Here we go. So <laughs> now there is actually two proposed wildcard teams as it stands at the moment. So this is one of them. There isn't a massive difference between the two. It's only two players. So I mentioned last week about Hawkinson. Didn't have a great week in week <laughs> three, actually. He, he, what a surprise. He, yeah, he, um, he came out with an absolute duck of a score, 3.0. But for me, I don't think I'm taking that as an off week over anything else, Mark. I think he will still be... I think at bare minimum, I think we're looking at a top five tight end come the end of the season there. And at 15 million, he's a lot cheaper than some of the other higher priced tight ends. I don't think there'll be that much, you know my thoughts on Darren Waller, but I don't think there'll be that much disparity score-wise between the likes of him, Kittle, Waller come the end of the season. Travis Kelsey's another story. You know, Kelsey's being Kelsey every single week, as, as we've seen already. Across the receivers. Oh, before you go into receivers, can we just talk about Dalton Schultz, though? Oh, of course. Yeah, Dalton yeah. Schultz from last night's game. Yeah. Yeah, um, 9.5 million. Um, now, like yesterday's last night's game was his um, highest scoring week, but he's he's a part of one of the best fantasy offences in the league, and he's 9.5 million. He's a, he's a really great option, I think, if you're wildcarding or if you're just looking to make take some money from out of, um, out, of the, out of the tight end position. And do you know what? At 9.5, he becomes the enabler of your team. Mm. So, again, Dalton Schultz, um, I think prior to his injury last season, Mark, well, Blake Jarwin went down early, didn't he? And mm, yeah. Dalton Schultz had a really good run of games at one point. Mm. So, clear that Dak Prescott likes him. And I actually started Dalton Schultz in my... Dallas Eagles showdown slate last night on fan team and, and I actually it's the only reason I think that I ended up finishing 13th out of the field was because I had Dalton Schultz there whereas a lot of people probably went down the Amari Cooper CD lamb route mm. or they went bigger at running back with Zeke Sanders who obviously Zeke had a big game but I think we I mean we always talk about enablers Mark and you can see that in this team my enabler is Chuba Hubbard at 9.5. Now, he's quite easy to change further down the line to a Dalton Schultz at 9.5 at tight end. Hawkinson then could quite easily become a 15 million receiver yeah. or potentially a running back if, if one has emerged at that stage at that kind of price. But 15 million at receiver at the moment is getting you the kind of players like Debo Samuel. It's getting you the Mike Williams. It's getting you Sterling mm -hmm. Shepard. It's getting you Emmanuel Sanders. So there's 
there's definitely production there at that price range, but I think, especially with McCaffrey going down, I think I'm happy for the time being because it looks like it's going to be a few weeks anyway until he's back. They're not putting him on the injured reserve list, but it looks like he's going to be out a few weeks. And I suppose with a hamstring injury, the last thing you want to do when it's someone like McCaffrey who's had injury history in the past, don't want to rush him back. Tuba Hubbard looked he looked all right when he did come into the game and he has had his touches even in games where McCaffrey has been healthy. So 9.5 there for a starting running back and 15 mil for what I know I'm getting from Hawkinson, who, despite his off week, is the top target in Detroit. I'm happy probably to roll with that initially, but I think going forward a move to Dalton Schultz and then a move to either a 15 million running back or a 15 million wide receiver or less would definitely be in my thoughts. I think that I'm just waiting to see whether there is a bit of a drop off or whether there's an emergence from some other players, Mm. you know, Jacoby Myers had a big week this week. Um, You know, Devonta Smith is, is there at that price range? Does he step up? Debo Samuel, had another well it wasn't a pretty good week he only scored 10.2 but not bad um you know he, he's obviously still a big part of that offense there so th- there's a few that I've got my eye on around that price tag um Hollywood Brown as well God. so but Mr. Dis- Drops. yeah despite Three his touchdowns. <laughs> despite his down his, yeah. uh, his down week this week Three touchdowns dropped unbelievable you, you've got the you know you've if you want to look a little bit cheaper on the spectrum though you've got Jalen Waddle at fourteen point five as well you've got Cole Beasley at fourteen point five Hunter Renfro really seems like he's a, a, a pretty big part of what is happening through the air in Las Vegas this season eleven point five so it saves a lot of funds there definitely something that I'll keep an eye on and monitor going forward because if it looks like Dalton Schultz is going to continue getting the majority snaps in the tight end position. And it's a team we know uses its tight end going back to, you know, when they had Jason Witten there, you know, definitely, definitely something I will consider. But for the time being, Hawkinson across the receivers, I feel like, well, Cup doesn't really need much of an introduction at this stage. It's quite obvious why he's in the team. A couple of the other inclusions I just wanted to touch on, Mark. So I've included Mike Williams there, who has started the season like a house on fire. Um, I don't, it's it's quite clearly Mike Williams' breakout season, it seems. So he's posted scores of 22.2, 22.1 and 33.2. But he's got four touchdowns and I'm thinking, is this the same old touchdown dependent Mike Williams? And it doesn't seem like it is. 295 receiving yards so far on the season. He's only actually about 15 yards behind Devontae Adams. He's had 22 receptions, which is only three behind Cooper Cup, who's a reception machine at the moment. So he's clearly being targeted by Justin Herbert. 15 mil. For me, I think of the two, if you were saying who would you rather own over the course of a season, I'd probably rather own Keenan Allen. But to save 2 million, I'd rather own Mike Williams. And he's quite clearly having a big impact in that offense. So 15 million, I think he's probably the best receiving option at the moment at that price range. If I could find the extra 0.5 and I was happy with it, I'd potentially be considering Brandon Cooks as well, simply because of the body of work that Brandon Cooks is is getting at Houston. But again, very similar to Mike Williams. One thing that Cooks isn't getting is, is more so the touchdowns, but he is getting the yardage and he is getting the receptions. Chris Godwin, makes up the trio of receivers that I've got. This is a bit of an eye test one. I just like what I'm seeing from from Brady and Godwin. I think he's got a really good partnership with him, a good relationship with him. I think more so Godwin than Mike Evans. Mike Evans at times on the sideline looked really upset that the ball wasn't coming his way, which probably means that Mike Evans is going to have a big week either next week or the week after. And my only fear with what is in Tampa Bay is that there's there's a lot of mouths to feed there. You've got Antonio Brown, you've got Mike Evans, you've got Chris Godwin, we've got Gronkowski. But 
it's it seems to me that Chris Godwin is the true number one receiver there, and I think when Brown is fit and healthy, I think I think Brown will obviously have involvement in the passing game there as well. Brady clearly likes Antonio Brown from what we've seen from the first couple of weeks, but Chris Godwin, I think, is the most dependable of that group based on what we've seen thus far and based on the work that he's getting. So again, 19 receptions, that's average of just over six a game, 241 yards. So over the three games, we've got an average there of around 80 yards a game and he's two touchdowns. So he's not far off actually averaging a touchdown a game as well. So I'm quite happy with that from the 16 million. There is obviously a few other receivers at that 16 million price range as well, who I've had CD Lamb in my team in recent weeks. Um, you know, Tyler Lockett's there at that price range, but I think Tyler Lockett went off with a bit of a knock or got injured in that game. Um, Jamar Chase is lighting the world up in Cincinnati, but does feel a little bit more touchdown dependent than some of the others that we've talked about. So, yeah, Chris Godwin, feel quite confident with that, Mark. I don't know what you think mm. of those three receivers, though, that we've gone with. Well, I mean, I agree entirely about Cup. Um the Williams thing, I think he just, I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I think no. actually he's probably going to, if he stays healthy, he's going to outproduce Akeen Allen, I think. So for the savings, I think he's the way to go. Having, he just, there's times with Williams at the moment, he looks like a man against boys at times. It just, mm. he really does. And that doesn't always translate into fantasy production, but it is, it is the moment. Also, actually with the scores, him and Cup have kind of got a gap to the third space, you know, Cup's got 91 points, Williams got 77, then it's down to 64, and then they're all kind of very close, so I feel like, you know, for three weeks, those two are are really sort of jumping ahead of everybody else. The Golden thing's interesting because I've been really desperate to get some pieces of Tampa Bay into my team, because they just, they produce so many fantasy points, mm. but you just don't know who it's going to be each week, and yeah, yeah it just... And I'm sure over a season it's still going to be a better option than a lot of the other lot, lot of the other pieces around the same value, but uh, sorry, price. But um, it just makes it it just makes you feel uncomfortable almost, doesn't it? Is it like you say next week's going to be Mike Evans' week, and they're going to New England, and Brady's going to throw. He's not going to run. So they're just going to throw because he's got that record to go for as well. And there's the fact that there's there's basically no running game to speak yeah, of at the exactly. moment in Tampa Bay. So all the work is through the mm. air. You look at the schedule, which is another thing I'm targeting here with Chris Godwin. Um, New England on the road, a bit of a revenge game for Brady, I suppose. Miami Dolphins at home, Eagles on the road, Bears at home, Saints on the road, Washington on the road, New York Giants at home. There's a lot of potential high scores there and like you said the the only concern I suppose with Godwin is those high scores could be Mike Evans one week it could be Godwin the week after it could be Antonio Brown it could be Gronk but I think because of the lack of running game even on weeks where Chris Godwin maybe won't get targeted as much as Mike Evans might get the targets one week Antonio Brown might get the targets one week even on his his lowest scoring game of the season so far, he still had four receptions, 62 yards and a touchdown. And you, it's almost like you can't ignore anyone from, from the Tampa Bay offense yeah. because if you ignore a Chris Godwin, if you ignore Evans, if you ignore Brown, you're leaving one of the others open. Yeah. So it, it's, I think it, it is a risk, but I think I do want exposure to that offense. And just from what I've seen thus far, Godwin feels like the most reliable of the group. Yeah, complete. I completely agree. I just there's there's a few teams that you want. I feel I want to be ex- try and get as much exposure to over the and I'm try and I'll try and sort that with some other transfers and stuff. But Tampa Bay is definitely one of them. And yeah, um, yeah it's um, it's amazing how many fantasy points they produce. Although, just something that occurred to me just a little bit earlier when you're talking is how and this is slightly off topic, but how many fantasy points are Detroit producing at the moment? Which is just amazing. Oh. You know, Hawk had his really bad week and he's still third. Then you've got um, you know, Swift's, Swift's third and you've also got Jamal Williams is in on the first page of points as well for Detroit. And then I doubt they've got any receivers. Um, but, yeah, it's just 
who'd have thought that they'd be a team we'd be talking about in the same way as like a Tampa Bay or yeah. a Dallas and stuff in terms of you need pieces from that offense. Yeah, I guess because there are standout pieces like Hawkinson, like Swift, and in most games, I mean, they've been in most games that they've played this season. We've only played three, but they've been in the mm-hmm. games and they've been chasing the games. So what we know is in terms of what that means fantasy-wise, it means that there's there's going to be points there, mm-hmm. going to be points to have. And I think because, like you just said, with the receivers, there isn't really... There isn't really anyone of note amongst the receivers that can be relied on week to week. The the only two pieces really you can rely on are Swift and Hawkinson, really. Mm. But the yeah. uh, you know Jared Goff still producing the points there. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think um, you briefly mentioned this, but um, Jamar Chase I think might be a little bit of fool's gold at the moment. If in the last um, two weeks he's had what six receptions and three of them have been for touchdowns, yeah, and that will be otherworldly if he continues like that. And I don't get me wrong, he looks great, and I think it's a good sort of DFS play. Uh, so if you're playing the um, the super red zone or whatever, it, whatever, whatever it's called, and the fumblers, whichever one they're in, I think he's a good play for that sort of thing. But for season mm-hmm. long, he's just not getting the volume that I think a lot of these other guys are around him. Um, I do like him. I think Devontae Adams after a slow couple of weeks is sort of waking up, I think. Um, but he's a lot more, he's a lot higher priced than anybody. Um, other than, yeah, you would have to lose my homes to get him in, I think. Yeah, and I think, um, and I think one thing which, there's a few things which have sort of kind of stayed the same, haven't they? And the fact that for Seattle, it's either Lockett or Metcalf. And it happened to be Metcalf week this week. It'd be Lockett week the other previous two. Um and I think that's something you can you can look at as well. I think Lockett's lock cheapest. Um, I do wonder if you need to catch up on other people, whether some stacking for a team like Seattle or Tampa Bay is a good idea. Because there are weeks where they both produce these players. You know, both Godwin and Evans do well, or Godwin and Brown do well. Yeah. And um, same with Metcalf and Lockett. I'm just wondering if you need to catch up, if that's a good idea. Um in terms of disappointment, so Tyreek Hill's been a bit disappointing so far, mm. especially the last two weeks. He, um, he scored like 37 points the first week, and then the last two weeks he's done nothing. I'm guessing that means he's probably due against Philadelphia this week now that I've said that. But yeah, I think as a whole, that whole offense isn't, from a fantasy point of view, has been a little bit disappointing to me so far. Yeah. I think the only part of it that hasn't really been a disappointment mm. is Mahomes when yeah. when you look at his scoring week on week. So the reason I've got Mahomes in is obviously I had Kyler Murray in Mark and I know you have Murray reluctantly taking Murray out because his run of games coming up is the Rams on the road, the Niners at home and the Browns on the road. And it's not to say that I think Murray's going to have bad fantasy weeks there. I just don't think he'll be quite as explosive as he's been in other weeks. He's had quite um, quite a kind start to the season, can we say, with the Titans, the Vikings, the Jags. Mm. I think he's coming up against some some sterner defences in the weeks ahead, um, which is exactly why I've gone with Patrick Mahomes. Having £20 million invested into my quarterback still I feel like I still just want the flexibility to be able to move to any quarterback I want at that price because they are you look at the high scorers in this format and outside of Cooper Cup who absolutely shockingly is leading the way at the moment amongst all scorers you've got Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes are the next three so the quarterbacks are the big scorers in this kind of format usually there will be outliers there like we've seen with Cup, but come the end of the season, I've no doubt those three will probably still be near the top. Um, and what I like with Mahomes, again, I'm targeting a run of fixtures here. So we've got Eagles on the road. We've got Buffalo at home. We've got the Washingtons football team on the road. Um, we have the Titans on the road, Giants at home, Packers at home. I think there's some really good matchups there for Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't be surprised to see 
over the next six weeks, minimum sort of three touchdowns a game with maybe two or three interceptions sprinkled in over that period. And you're looking sort of consistently to 5,300 plus yards per game. So the lowest score he's put up so far is a 22.9 this past week. I don't think any of his scores are going to be less than that over the next four, five, maybe six weeks, in all honesty. And like I said, that 20 million there, it's a lot to invest in a quarterback. However, um, it does give me the flexibility to move off and move on to someone like a Kyler Murray when the time comes, when his fixtures clear up again from around week seven onwards. He's got a nice run. So maybe I do jump back on Murray at that point, but I don't really want to go finding the funds from elsewhere at that time. I'd rather just still have it locked up in that position. But another one I have got my eye on is Matt Stafford, for obvious reasons. We just mentioned about stacking there, Mark. Mm. I think if you're going to have a Cooper Cup in your team, um, if Cooper Cup's going to do well, that's because Matt Stafford has probably had a good game there. He's not scored as well as Mahomes so far, but again, a nice run of games with some pass-friendly defences coming up. Obviously, this, what you're seeing on the screen now, isn't my finalised wildcard. It's just my proposed wildcard at this stage. And I will show an alternative in a few minutes, Mark, that actually has a different quarterback in there in Matt Stafford. But yeah, for the time being, I think Mahomes is the route that I probably would go. Did you not, did you consider at all Josh Allen at 20 million? Because he's, he's he, he didn't have, he's come out of his slumber a little bit, as is the whole, I mean, Washington defense will do that to you, but as all the whole of the Bills, he's got now, he's, he's got Texans, Chiefs, who are very bad pass defense, Titans, Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Colts, Saints, you know, I mean, I'm getting towards almost the end of the season now. Josh Allen's, um, Schedule looks pretty good, and he looked pretty vintage Josh Allen yeah. um, at the weekend. So for, he's the same price as Mahomes. I don't know. I just he might be. I think he might be my preferred option at the moment. If I was going to spend twenty million. Yeah, definitely, definitely a consideration. I think yeah, you know, what we saw this past week is more what we expect to see from Josh Allen. I've still got just a little little niggling doubt from the first couple of weeks I suppose there Um, but yeah great run of games and someone that again if I did move off Mahomes and I was looking to move on to another quarterback then even if it is for three or four games I think after the next few weeks and I know he's got Houston and Kansas coming up but then beyond that you know that run of games where it's the Dolphins, the Jags, the Jets, the Colts, that is a really appealing block of four games to me. So that could be a move that I make rather than moving back to Murray. I mean, I I could roll with Alan. This, again, is not a finalised wildcard, but whoever I roll with at quarterback will absolutely be a premium premium quarterback, I think, unless I go with option two, which I'll come to shortly. But then in the running backs, DeAndre Swift... We've already spoke about Swift. I think he is one of the best value for money running backs on the board. Um, Austin Eckler, for much the reasons you mentioned, Mark, sees a lot of work in the passing game as well, Eckler, which is why I really like him. I think if if you can get a running back in this format that excels at PPR, it's those kind of running backs that do see target share. Um, you know, expect to see. And well, he's he's ranked second on the board at the moment. Aaron Jones, that is, not, I know he's got that outlier week in week two, but that's not really a shock because most weeks, week one, Green Bay were awful against the Saints. But most weeks, you're going to see Aaron Jones getting work out of the backfield because that's what Green Bay do. They, you know, they spread the ball. Adams will get most of the targets. Beyond Devontae Adams, you've then got Aaron Jones. Tonyan, Valdez Scantling pops up every now and then, Alan Lazard pops up every now and then. But more often than not, the wide receiver two or three there is Aaron Jones. So I, I think he is definitely a good option at 17.5. I'd rather save the 0.5 and go to Austin Eckler, though, personally at this stage, because I just think, again, run of games coming up, 
Raiders, Browns, Ravens, Patriots, Eagles, Vikings. Not too difficult a run of games in terms of friendliness in either receivers or running backs for that matter. But seems really, really involved at the moment in his team's offense, which is exactly what you like to see from a running back in PPR. Indeed. I think um, there's... There's a couple of surprises. I like we've already talked about Swift being a surprise. I think Kareem Hunt being so high as well is a bit of a surprise. I think um, he's outscoring Nick Chubb. Obviously, Corridor Patterson is a complete surprise. And do we think this is sustainable? He was really, really involved at the weekend. It's another six receptions, uh, another five a week before that. Yeah, so he, he's another enabler, potential enabler, if you want to go that route and stuff. Um, I can't imagine his ownership is very high, 3%. Yeah, but kind of everybody you expected to do well is kind of doing well, I think. Yeah. I think having a quick look, I mean, Dalvin Cook was injured, so that will explain him being so far down. Jonathan Taylor doesn't look very good this year, or that, no, in that offense. Fantasy-wise, he's not looking very good this year. Yeah, and Antonio Gibson basically got almost a third of his points on one, yeah, over a third of his points on one play this year. So he was a much touted player before the start of the season, but there's something not right in Washington at the moment. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, nobody else down there is really worth while. So, yeah, I think um, I like it. The the Hubbard one, I'll be interested to see with that one. Right now, if you had, is that use up all your money? This, I would call so you could change your defence if you need to. I mean, I'd be yeah. tempted to put Corridor Patterson in at the moment instead of Hubbard. But, yeah, could be, you know, he could be, um, like you said, he could be, Great for a few weeks whilst McCaffrey's recovering, and then you could swap him out for a cheaper tight end. So. It actually gives me 0.5 in the bank. One of the ways I could have done this was that I could have put uh, Sony Michelle in. I thought Sony Michelle looked pretty good. He's a, he's a hard running running back. Sony Michelle, he looked pretty good against Tampa Bay. But I don't know how long it's going to be before Daryl Henderson comes back. I don't think his injury is mm. that serious. With a run of health, Daryl Henderson at 15 would, would absolutely be in my thoughts as well. But um, with Hubbard, yeah, I mean, the, he's in there because, again, we've spoke about it on every pod we've done so far, Mark, and on this one for that matter. But at 9.5, he's an enabler elsewhere in my team. And I like that I can move him to Dalton Schultz at 9.5 and then move... Hawkinson to either a 15 mil or less receiver or potentially an emerging running back uh, you know Kareem Hunt I don't is Kareem Hunt sustainable mm, I don't know because he does he, he gets the thing is you're going to have up and down weeks with Kareem Hunt aren't you because he gets work out of the backfield that Chubb doesn't and there's not a lot there at the moment in Cleveland with Landry going down there's not a lot in the receiving game. He is almost like a, a third receiver for them. So, you know, he's two high weeks of 17.1, 27.5. You're probably not going to see that from him every week. But 14.5, again, he's, he's someone who I probably wouldn't mind spending that to get him in my team because of the format being PPR. You, you know he's going to get targets and you know he's going to get some of the work out of the backfield as well. I just don't think he's... His scoring's not going to be sustainable week on week. He's probably going to have peaks and troughs. Kareem Hunt, I think it's fair to say. Um, But yeah, Chubba Hubbard, I think, as an enabler at 9.5, it's it's fairly low risk. And the times where McCaffrey's not been on the field, he has been. um, And there isn't really anything else behind him. So I'm happy to run with that. Obviously, it's a playbook that is built around Christian McCaffrey there. In um, in Carolina, so hopefully that will mean involvement for Hubbard as well. Rounding it off, Matt, with the defense. So I know that we've gone fairly cheap on the defense so far. That option is still there, but I do like what I'm seeing out of the Denver Broncos. So ten million, it's point five more than what I spent last time on my defense, which was nine point five. But a good run of games coming up. The Ravens at home, Steelers on the road. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's on the verge of joining a Kerr home. I don't, I don't know about getting back on the field. Um, it, it just looks like the most immobile quarterback that I've ever seen at the moment. His arm looks like it's gone. 
so they, they've got the Steelers in week five, then the Raiders, the Browns, the Washington football team, the Cowboys, the Eagles. I, it's not it's not an amazing run of games, I wouldn't say, but I don't think it's a bad run of games. And so far, they've come up against fairly easy opposition in the Giants, the Jags and the Jets. But it, they do look a good defence there in Denver. Um, and they look like one of the better defences at 10 million. Could I go a little bit cheaper? Obviously, yes, I could. Um, the Bears is one of the defences I spoke about earlier in the season at 9.5. The Bengals are a little bit of a surprise for me at, at 9 mil. They're there with 23 points at the moment. Um, again, not an awful run of games coming up. They've got the Jags, the Packers, the Lions, the Ravens, the Jets. So if I do choose to go cheap, it's somewhere like that that I'll be going. But for the time being... Um, I'm tempted to just stick it out on on the on the Denver Broncos D at 10 million. I do like what I've seen so far. They look capable of turning the ball over. Yeah, I think what's I think more so than maybe other positions. So this is true of them all is that because we only have three weeks of scoring, one monster week is slightly um, skewing the scores and stuff, and that's particularly true. I think of defenses because it's so variable. Now it just happens that these teams which are at the top of the defensive list. Defense list at the moment. This might be their best three weeks of the year. Yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, if you've got the money and you, you feel comfortable with them, then fine, go for it. If I was doing, it, if I was, um, you just mentioned about um, Big Ben. I would be if I had sort of spare transfers. I'd be targeting Pittsburgh every week with the defense because he's just giving opportunities, isn't he, at the moment? Mm. Um, so it's Green Bay this week. Um, so yeah. But yeah, it's a good, it's a good team. Is um, I'm interested to see how this other one's going to pan out though, because it's not other than Mahomes. You you spread your money pretty evenly, and which is quite interesting because neither was like that at the beginning of the year, but that's clearly become the way to go. I think. Well, I will tell you that the only other changes in the other team. It's me that's been the technophobe this week, not taking the screenshot of it. But the only other mm. changes were Patrick Mahomes down to Matt Stafford. So that freed up two million there. And with that two million, I was going well, it actually gives me a million left over, but I was going Eckler to Derek Henry. Okay. So it, it would read exactly the same. But with Matt Stafford over Mahomes and Derek Henry over Eckler. And I might still go that route, but I just I go back to the point of I like having the flexibility to target whatever quarterback I want. Yeah. Um and even though the funds would still be there, I'd then be tempted once the funds are there, I'd be tempted to put the funds elsewhere. Uh, which is, and then that that backs you into a bit of a corner. So yeah, I think of the two, I'd probably be more likely to roll with mm-hmm. this one. Um, my fear with Derek Henry is he's got some really appealing games coming up against the Jets, the Jags, um, Bills, Chiefs, Colts. Uh, those next two, especially, I fear not owning him in those mm-hmm. games. Um, so is is there a way that I could potentially get to? Is there a way I could potentially get to Derek Henry without sacrificing Mahomes? Haven't or... you got a million? You've got half a million at the moment, haven't you? Yeah. So could you um, reduce your defense down by a that million? That is the option. That is the option. Yeah. So the option could be Denver to Cincinnati, for example. Yeah. And then Eckler to Derek Henry. That could be another way that I go. <laughs> that could be the way. You've solved the math problem there for me, Mark. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just because I don't respect defences enough to pay £10 million for them. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, the, um, the good thing about keeping Eckler rather than, say, um, Henry is ownership, because I think Henry's ownership is going to um, balloon this week with the McCaffrey injury, and Eckler's is 5%. Um, Funny enough, if you at the moment Mahomes and Eckler's, because that was your two changes there. Mahomes and Eckler's um, ownership percentages are the same. Yeah. Stafford's and Henry's now, but I suspect Stafford and Henry is going to go up. Yeah. Sort of Henry because of Henry. So yeah. So yeah, another yeah. That's another way of doing it. But you've got quite um. 
I find it weird that Mike Williams is still only 4%. He'll obviously go up a bit this week, I think, but that does surprise me. Yeah. And obviously, Hubbard's at 0%, I'm guessing, there, is he? Zero as it stands, yeah. But again, it wouldn't surprise me if um, a percentage of those that are on McCaffrey just mm. move straight to Hubbard at 95 and then use the funds elsewhere to upgrade at receiver or upgrade at quarterback. Or Kelsey, or Kelsey maybe. Kelsey, yeah. Maybe Kelsey will go up. Um, yep. He's 25% at the moment, though, so he's got quite a way. He hasn't got much much way to grow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Um, You've got me thinking about a few changes as well now. I'm thinking about not not changing out Mixon and um, instead putting in Josh Allen. I know that's that's me convincing you, convincing me. But that's how I'm, that's how I'm you thinking are, now. You have made a compelling case for Josh Allen, to be fair, Mark. On, yeah, on just look this. at the fixtures as much as anything. You've given me... I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Lockdown. Um, lockdown. Lineups lock on that is what COVID has done to me. Lineups lock on a Thursday. So I've still got two days to deliberate. And what I would say is what you've seen on the show today certainly isn't the finished article. Um I am wildcarding this week and that is what I'm proposing at the moment. But what I will do is share my lineup on Twitter at Nick of Wigan before the deadline. So you'll see exactly how it's ended up. You'll see on next week's show anyway exactly how it's ended up, probably in tears. It's gonna be Tom it's gonna to be Tom Brady and somebody we've not even talked about, isn't it? It's gonna end up like <laughs> it's gonna be Tyler Heineke. It's gonna be yeah. MVP Heineke coming in at quarterback. Twenty three points this week at eight point five million. Not really bad value. at all. Not bad no, at all. It's another good play ways to start a wild card. I know we've done that and I've definitely done that on one of my other wild cards. Yeah, I think one of my lower performing teams mm. I've I've done exactly the same just to you know just as mm. almost as an experiment. So in breaking news, I can fit in Allen and Henry instead of uh, Murray and McCaffrey. And cuz Cincinnati are playing Jacksonville this week, which should be a pretty nice game. Maybe I will keep Mixon for this week and do that change because the Murray fixtures look awful now mm. yeah you say them and um josh allen's just do not and he's only six percent at the moment josh allen that's so, low that's i know very i mean low. i think it will go up because he had a slow start and stuff but it mitigates a little bit of the henry ownership and stuff and mixon is really low still so yeah i think yeah. um yep i need a new graphic now that's it that's what i'm doing now I've changed my mind <laughs> after all of that talk i've changed my mind completely well, obviously, there are moving parts with this. Mm. We know that the deadline is only Thursday, but make sure you do lock your team in by Thursday at the very latest. I will share my wildcard team on Twitter, Mark, before the deadline. You can always share your newly constructed lineup on there as well <laughs> once this goes live so people know what the end product is. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be Josh Allen and Derek Henry now. Yeah. Mm. But we'll see. I've got a couple of days to think. Yeah, and that is the beauty of it, is we have still got mm. a few days. It's also a curse because the changes we could make could kill us come Sunday. Um, yeah. But yeah, that is where I'm at, Mark. Wildcard week for me. Um, I'm looking forward to it being wildcard week for you, but I get the feeling with the changes that you've just mentioned there that wildcard's probably not anywhere near close on the horizon no. unless there was catastrophic injury. Yeah, indeed. Um no, I think um, I think I've got my next two weeks of moves planned out now. You know, next week we'll do Ridley and Mixon, assuming that Ridley doesn't show a bit of life. So yeah, yeah, nice. Well, you can catch us on Twitter at Nick of Wigan, and where can the listeners find yourself, Mark? At underscore SMRF. Obviously, if you are watching the video, you will see that down here um one thing i would say is if you do again if you miss the start of the show if you do ask any questions on this feed this is pre-recorded we are not live um we may be live again next week baby dependent for me of course um but we may be live next week so it might be a case that if we do get listener questions in next week we have another segment like we did last week on that um good to mix it up a little bit i think mark on that Pearl of Wisdom, of course, to sign the pod off by Pitsy. We were a little bit unsure about last week's. The week before was an absolute cheese fest. So, 
Pitsy, thank you very much for this. Here's to good health and with fan team, good wealth. a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 